The aftermath of a fatal shooting in Toronto's entertainment district can be felt more than 24 hours after bullets sent many fleeing for their lives. So far this year, there have been 398 shootings. These men opening fire on five teenagers. Three people were shot. A woman was injured. Two men killed. I wish I could. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 14 of Crime Stoppers. See it, say it, stop it. A podcast that brings you informed discussion about unsolved crimes, wanted persons, awareness campaigns, and how citizens can remain anonymous to keep their community safer. I'm your host, Sean Sport, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Martin Douglas, from the Toronto Police Service, and the Community Engagement Officer for the Toronto Crime Stoppers Program. Martin, what are you saying, man? What you saying, man? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm busy as always. Uh, yeah, it's a favorite time of year, fall. Yeah, man. Christmas is coming too. Have Don't, you done well, your shopping yet? Let's not talk about Christmas. I'm just in the fall mode, you know? Fall. Funny, I'm telling you right now, pandemic, shop now online or you're not getting whatever you're looking for. That is true. That just is saying, true. Just saying. You know, they are telling everyone to try to get their shopping done early. You know, the mail service and the uh, couriers are going to be tied up. Yeah, and get so, away from the Christmas rush, right? Yeah, Nobody wants to be there. Yeah, in a full the mall store. Yeah, you know. yeah, online shopping. So, anyways, bro, what do you uh, have new that uh, you know since the last time we spoke there on the podcast? Well, it, it's it's been busy. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been some changes in our office. We're going to get to you very shortly. Mm-hmm. Exciting news! But, exciting um, news! You know, uh, been really busy. We are also doing something different with our social media. We are. Get to. We are. Actually, you know, I'm going to talk about this. Um, we had a gentleman by the name of Ryan Ehalt, Ehalt uh, reach out to us. And uh, if you look now on our social media, mm-hmm. there's a wanted gentleman by the name of Gus Katsiris. Well done. Right. Thank you. Uh, he's, uh, he's wanted by our Guns and Gangs unit. Um, Ryan put a really nice twist on this want. I, I, I was he really did. amused with uh, the information that he, he put to this want. And we're looking at hopefully um, having this reach out to Europe. Yeah. This guy may be there. Um, and uh, it, it'd be interesting that if, if some of the listeners yes. uh, in, throughout Europe get this, if you can share it on your Facebook, we would love, we would love to welcome uh, Mr. Katsiris back because uh, I know uh, officers have a very nice quarantine location for yes. him. Yes, um, for longer than 14 days. For longer than Just 14 saying. days where he Just can saying. stay. So, um, yeah, if, if you take a look at uh, our Most Wanted and check it out on social media, you'll be, you'll be amused, entertained. Yeah, and, and please, please share. He does need a, a retake of his mugshot. Yes. So I'll yeah. just leave that to that. You need to check it out you online. You need to check out the mugshot. And you'll get what I'm saying. <laughs> and, you know, we do know that we do uh, have, I said we do twice there, but we have a lot of listeners outside of Canada, across the world, across the globe, and throughout Europe. So please, our friends in Europe, please check us out. Look at Gus's photo, and let's see if we can uh, bring some justice and have him spoken for. What else uh, have you been up to? Writing. Riding, yeah, eh? yeah. Just you know me, man. I love yeah, my yeah. motorcycle. So the the fall colors are out there, and yeah. I'm trying to take them in before all the leaves fall off the trees, and mm-hmm. before that uh, that other stuff starts falling from the sky. Yeah, the I'm snow. I'm looking forward to. No, no, not at all. And you know, listen, we talked about it on the last uh, podcast. We partnered with uh, 106.5 FM, and we started doing some gun campaigns, some gun awareness campaigns. I'm looking forward to this other... And right now, guess what? We're going to be featuring the second public service announcement, so uh, let's have a listen. Gender reveal parties, a familiar scene. Families celebrating the birth of their child. 
Another familiar scene. Families looking for answers as to who murdered their child because of gun activity. Community safety is a shared responsibility. We all play a part in making our community safe. Doing what's right is our own reward. See it, say it, stop it. Stay anonymous and call Toronto Crime Stoppers at 416-222-8477. So Martin, I know last time I said one word and it was a wow bam or bam wow. What do you guys say about that one? I don't know right? what to say, man. No, you know what? This this is great. This is perfect. And yeah. that's exactly what our communities need to, uh, to, to hear and uh, also what our community needs to share. Mm-hmm. So if, mm-hmm. you, if you're able to, uh, to share this sort of message, uh, share these, um, these clips with your friends, you know, get that, that mindset going mm-hmm. in, a, in a more positive direction about what we're facing here in Toronto yep. in our gun, with our gun crime, love you for it. Hey, community safety is a shared responsibility. Absolutely. We all have a responsibility to make sure that we're doing what is necessary to stop what we're seeing. And I just want to remind everybody that by calling Crime Stoppers at 416-222-8477 or leaving a tip online at 222tips.com, you're not a snitch. No. You know, you got to think of yourself as a community hero. It takes courage to speak up and do the unpopular. It's, it's, it's so, just about getting over that hump, right? Yeah, man. Empower yourself through Crime Stoppers and eventually we'll get there as a community where we can reach out, bridge the gap between our, our law enforcement in our uh, community centers mm. and uh, you know make it uncomfortable for these guys to, to exist to. In, our, to. in our spaces yeah you know so hey listen before we get to the exciting news I don't know if you have anything else to say but this is going to be a major announcement well it's a it's a relief so, it was really for you yeah for me as you know I've been uh, in an acting role as the coordinator for Crime Stoppers for several months now and uh, before Dimitri uh, I think a good six months, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, I, I'm like on reprieve now. I, I have a new. Well, you're good at acting, so I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you get, I'm you not sure. Policing. Was that a front-handed or if, backhanded if compliment? If you believe Felicity, you, you got a, a role in Hollywood. But hey, listen, Martin, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you to introduce our new police coordinator. Well, I got to say that I worked with this gentleman. Uh, I've known him my entire career, um, even when I was uh, back in in Scarborough actually goes further back than my career because he was a senior, sorry to age him, but he was a senior when I was a grade nine student in a, in a little old high school called Cedar Bray. And, uh, you don't look like a senior. He just called you a senior. I did call him a senior. Oh my gosh, Martin. Not, but, not uh, a good way to start off with a new boss. That's, that's, right. that's okay. Hey, I'll, I'll beg for forgiveness later. But Milton, Detective Milton Ferguson is in the house. Yes. Here, um, you know what, boss? Tell us a little bit about yourself, where, where you're from, and uh, welcome to um, yes, welcome. Toronto Crime Stopper and the podcast as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to to working with you. Thanks, Martin, Sean. Man, this this is a dream come true for me. Um, I've wanted to do this job for a period of time, and you know, when I got this job, it was bittersweet because I came from 52 Division where. I work with some incredible officers and, and Toronto police personnel, civilians, you know, so leaving that behind, you know, it was, it was hard in a way, but coming to Crime Stoppers with new challenges and, mm-hmm. and a way for me to, I guess, um, grow with this unit and put certain foot forward, you know, have ideas, 
And, and not only that, I love what the Crime Stopper program right. is about. I love the community partnership engagement component mm -hmm. that Crime Stoppers bring. And I've worked with Martin in the past. Uh, we went to school together. As you said, I was in you know grade thirteen yeah, when, he, you when he was in yeah. grade nine. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I'm going to pay for that later. I know. <laughs> nah, man, it's all good. You know, but I, I you know, and for me, Martin. Now in my in my perspective, is Crime Stoppers. From right. what I see as a yeah. you know as a as an, an officer in the police service, he's been doing a long time. I've worked um, with him previously, and you know this man is an icon. Mm -hmm. You know he when is. it comes to Toronto That's Police Service and, and Crime Stoppers, he's but an icon. You. He's but a legend. You. He is. In, in, well, in, he is. You know, he's a legend. And he's a legend. You, you know. give you some props, man. I mean, you know, a legend within the Crime Stoppers yeah. community internationally yeah. as well, not just locally and provincially and, and you know nationally. It's people come to you for information and. You know, I, I see a perfect blend, a perfect fit, and Milton, you know, as the chair of, of Crime Stoppers, and I know uh, the board as well, welcome. You know, we hope to create new and exciting things and build on, you know, everything from the past and look towards the future. And, you know, as we get out of this pandemic and, and we're able to actually get out and do grassroots community um, engagement, I think we're going we're gonna to be really good. And I'm looking forward to it. And I met Sean in person for the first time mm -hmm. um, today. He looks familiar to me, so mm -hmm. we'll sort that out. Mugshots. He's going to go back to mugshots. I'm not sure if it's mugshots. I know this guy. I'm not sure if it's mugshots. <laughs> but, you know, but we have that kindred spirit. Yeah, yeah. Martin was always there. I knew that. Yeah. You know. So now I'm just looking forward to working with these two gentlemen. It's going to be awesome. You know, unfortunately, pandemic right now is just tamering us down mm. a little bit. But once that's lifted, and, and even if it's not lifted, we'll be doing certain things. We're creative. We're innovative. Mm -hmm. So we'll figure out ways to work around it. And it's the know? podcast. Yeah, man. It's the podcast. And, and therefore, there you go. Yeah. So even when things open up, podcasts can still go. And for me, I love getting out in the community and, you know, and doing what we do best. Mm -hmm. You know, because for us, and we recognize it's that partnership. Yes. Yeah. The community the media, yes. the police, civilians working together to create a better Toronto for all of us. Well, if yes. there's it's one thing about uh, Detective um, Ferguson is uh, his his passion and commitment to community. Um, so I'm looking forward to working with you for that reason specifically. And uh, I know that you, you're going to come up with some really, really cool things uh, in the years to come. Outside of that, man, what, what else do we have? How have you been? Good. Well, you know, as, as you know, kind of spoke about it, touched on it. Uh, the last episode, we were uh, talking about me being a grandfather. Yeah. I'm happy to say right now, uh, I am a grandfather officially. My granddaughter came into the world healthy. I, I'm just going to stop you right here mm -hmm. and just say, everyone that's listening, I'm looking at this man right now yeah. in front of me, and uh, he does not look like a grandfather at no, all. No, he doesn't. I'm going to dye my beard gray. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, everything's good. You know, my daughter Jessica is doing well. The baby's healthy. Her husband, Peter, everything's good. So, you know, they were quarantined for 14 days when they got out of the hospital just because they were in there for a couple of days. But now everything's back to normal. You know, we're over there, you know, every week, multiple times. So it's good, man. That's awesome. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, she's beautiful. Thank you Thank for you. sharing those Thank photos. Um, she, she's definitely, uh, I know she's going to be the diamond in, yeah. in, the precious diamond in the family for, for years to for come, sure. being the first yeah, little yeah. girl. Yeah. Um, outside of that, uh, you've got some other things happening too, don't you? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we, uh, my fiance, Amy and I, were engaged. We've been engaged since January, but then the pandemic hit. 
so we got some wedding plans going on and mm -hmm. there's some hurdles that we need to you know overcome because we don't know you know with the restrictions what it's going to look like next summer mm -hmm. um but we have a couple of different plan a's b c's d's and e's going on so yeah, yeah we'll see what happens yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome you know, I'm, I'm just going to bring things down for a mm -hmm. moment. It just popped into my head, and mm -hmm. I always want to address this whenever I have the opportunity to, and this form is uh, is one of the best ways to do it. Um, you know, we mentioned the pandemic a couple times right now, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I want to address mental health. Yes. And uh, that, um, you know, if you're feeling down or if you're feeling out of sorts and, and um, you need to reach out and talk to someone, please reach out to your local... Um, help and support services mm -hmm. within your communities that Toronto has several things like this uh, like this COVID thing that we're going through can can be overwhelming for people and uh, nobody should just be feeling alone mm -hmm. in their thoughts so please uh, you know if you have friends or family keep in touch with them mm -hmm. um, reach out to those people that you don't normally reach out to if someone's quiet give them a smile mm. let's try to be better versions of ourselves Absolutely. And, you know, speak to someone, speak to a friend, speak to a coworker, you know, look for, for that avenue for support. If it's not calling, you know, the support lines that are out there, you know, speak to someone and maybe that, that'll help or they can guide you to that right place. Yeah, I think what, we'll try to put a support line and maybe keep it up on our podcast somewhere yeah, or good idea. Um, bring it into to focus for, for everyone. So so you can tap into that resource at any time. It's it's not a Crime Stoppers thing, but definitely a it's mental a human, health thing. thing. Yeah, we, we need to we need to be cognizant yeah. of these things. And three one one, I think sometime will give some services that might be listed within there. Toronto. Within yeah, Toronto, definitely within Toronto. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. that's, that's or a good. The local hospital sometimes. Yeah, you know, will have pamphlets or talk to someone and they'll direct you. So yeah, that's that's actually good info. So I mean, hey, lots to cover. Great partnership that we're going to be starting with Ryan. You know, he's a pretty talented guy. He's a wordsmith. Yeah. So you know, it's going to be. Pretty good there. But hey, listen, on today's episode, we have uh, Detective Mary Varuna, again, from the uh, Toronto Police Homicide Missing Persons Unit, joining us to discuss one of Toronto's missing cases in that, that segment that we mm -hmm, started. Mm -hmm. And we're also speaking to uh, Police Constable Monica Rutledge on, on what yeah. she does in, in, in for the service and what her unit does. So, yeah. I mean, I'm really intrigued to learn about Monica and her role. And I think we're going to have a new segment in speaking. Well, to I, I, I really hope so, because yeah. uh, I know in in, uh, in as far as Monica's introduction today, that's just the tip of the iceberg of what she does yeah. in the Aboriginal peacekeeping yeah. unit. So I, I'm looking forward to Monica coming on yes yeah. more and maybe we'll name her. Yeah, her, we'll uh, think of a name segments. for segment. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know what? Looking forward to it as well. So with that, let's uh, turn it over to our interview that we had with uh, Detective Mary Varuna. Once again, we have Detective Mary Varuna from the Toronto Police Homicide Missing Persons Unit Yay. here to do another segment of Toronto's Missing. And today we actually have, uh, you know, every case is special, but this is even a you know, we'll call it a more special episode that we're doing when it's Definitely. Uh, in regards to the uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls in Canada. So, Mary, That's right. welcome. Uh, hello, Sean. Hello, Martin. Thanks hello for again. having me back. It's been great uh, working with you. So, as you, as Sean mentioned, we have partnered with the RCMP and mm. uh, the National 
to raise awareness of uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls in Canada. Mm -hmm. And it's being done through the annual Sisters in Spirit Vigil, which commenced October 4th. Right. And right through, I believe, to December, um, the RCMP has selected 10 cases Mm -hmm. of Indigenous uh, persons to be featured on the national and as part of this vigil. Mm -hmm. And Toronto uh, was selected as one of the participants. Um, which uh, for us is uh, we welcome any opportunity to uh, feature and get any assistance in relation to any of our missing people. Absolutely. So Mary, with the number of missing people that we know that you've spoken to in the past that that go missing in the city of Toronto, who are we featuring today? So today our goal is again to raise awareness and um, bring attention to some of these cases. Right. And I'm going to be featuring uh, a case from 1992 Mm -hmm. of an Indigenous person, Gloria Jean Abatsaway. Okay. Uh, she was known to us as Marty and she was 28 mm-hmm. years old the day that she went missing and she was last seen on February 14th. 1992. Okay. So what else can you tell us about, you know, the, maybe the circumstances that you know of, maybe what she was wearing and all those sorts of things, um, where our listeners could hopefully bring some closure to Gloria's family? Certainly. I have quite a bit of detail uh, in relation to Gloria. It's quite lengthy, so I can give it to you, in, you know, pieces in the event you have some questions. For sure. Uh, that'll make it easier, and if we break it up, people will pay more attention to detail. Absolutely. Yeah, and Sean, you know, I, before uh, Detective... Bruna starts. I, I should say that we do have a video oh, do to we? correspond with this. Yes. Well, there uh, you go. So when we're done here, I'm definitely gonna we're gonna have to post the link in the bio. Absolutely. Um, I'm definitely gonna want you guys to take a look at the um, appeal video that we have for Gloria's missing case, um, and it'll be found on all of our our social media platforms. Uh, Absolutely. But it'll definitely be on our on our YouTube page. Perfect. Yeah. yeah I mean, the more information that we can push out, the better. And yes, we are featuring with the Sisters in Spirit Vigil, uh, there will be a video released and I believe it's going to be the same video that Toronto Police is releasing and as well we'll be um, posting, uh, be doing a news release and she'll be published on November the 5th with the uh, Awareness Day in relation to uh, the, the RCMP initiative. Gotcha. So, as I said, Gloria was 27 years old at mm-hmm. the time that she went missing. At that time, she was living in Toronto at 90 Shooter Street. While she was living there on the day that she was last seen, she had uh, spoken to members of her family, and she was going to go to Moss Park with her boyfriend. And we only know her boyfriend at that time is by the name of Lenny. Okay. And her and Lenny were going to Moss Park, apparently to meet up with uh, somebody that they know as Bob Russo. And right now, we'd like to have anybody with information to help us identify who Lenny actually is. And if uh, they know any information on this Bob Russo person, they can also come forward as well with information in relation to Gloria. Uh, When she left, she had left most of her belongings behind at this address. But when she did leave, she did take to note that she did take her birth certificate and her status card with her. Mm -hmm. However, the card has been inactive and she has not filed a tax return since the year 2000. Um, I can tell you that Gloria was a member of the Odnick Omni Caning First Nations, otherwise known as Sucker Creek First Nations and Little Creek Manitoulin. So she does have family 
throughout the province. Okay. Uh, she has, prior to 1992, she had gone missing before. However, after a month, she would show up and uh, be in contact with her family. So this disappearance was very unusual right. for her to go at an extended period of time like it's been now. Right. Mm -hmm. um, what I can tell you is that on the same night of her disappearance, there was a, a David Mar Marlat was killed in Gloria's apartment. Mm -hmm. uh, two men at that time were charged and convicted with his death. And Gloria on that date did speak with police and it was determined that she was not involved. But Gloria did go missing shortly thereafter. And the reasons for her disappearance are unknown. Mm -hmm. uh, however, we're trying to determine if her disappearance was as a result of this homicide, whether she got scared or she right. got spooked right. Right. because of what happened in her apartment. Uh, we do know she was not implicated in that homicide by any means. Right. I can describe Gloria to you as being five foot tall, 130 pounds, long brown hair, and brown eyes. Since then, investigators and her family are continuing to appeal for her safe return, and we want to continue to stress she is not in any trouble. Right. We have provided a photo of her when she was 18, and will be releasing with the uh, Sisters in Spirit Vigil, uh, two artist renditions of what we believe Gloria would look like right. today. And she okay. would be 57 years of age today. To our listeners that may have lived in the Shooter Street area, that frequented Moss Park back in uh, that time, if you know Gloria, if you uh, know if you, Bob Russo, Bob Russo, Lenny, please call Crime Stoppers at 416-222-8477 or leave a tip online at 222tips.com or Mary, they can call you directly, right? That's right. They can uh, reach out to missing persons at torontopolice.on.ca or our direct line is 416-808-7411. And as well, uh, Gloria is published on the national Canada National Missing website and you can go there to see uh, the photos that have been uh, posted. Yeah, and we'll, we'll put those uh, links in our bio. And if Gloria is listening, if you are well, please reach out to Detective Mary Bruna. Have a conversation. There are people uh, that are looking for you that just want to know that you're safe. Uh, so if you are listening, please reach out um, to Detective Bruna. They will, they will have not, a conversation. And they, they will, will not yeah. disclose where you are exactly. at your request, if, if that's what you request. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really important that we close this case. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's, you know, every, every missing person's case is important, but there's some really strange circumstances here that, you know, if she is on the run, you know, when you feel scared, please just reach out and, you know, have a conversation with yourself, Mary. Okay, great. Thank you. No, thank, thank you, you so much for coming. Wow. You know, every time we talk to Detective Runa, I always walk away with, couldn't even imagine all that information and, and what that unit does. And, you know, now we have this segment, uh, Toronto's Missing, and, and the focus um, for Gloria that we spoke about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they do great work in there. So yeah. if we can help from a Crime Stopper perspective, this is exactly why we're having those segments like Mary's on, on our podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. She she also brings the information in, in a very clear and concise way. Yes. Um, like we were saying, and, and it has to be reiterated, uh, if Gloria is listening or if uh, she catches wind of 
of this episode, please believe in the fact that mm -hmm. if if you are trying to lay low or you 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 don't want to be found by your family or have mm -hmm. anyone any of your old acquaintances know where you are, we just want you to connect with uh, Detective Runa so um, the, the case can be closed and she will protect you as far as uh, your wishes to not disclose where you yeah. can be found, definitely. So Martin, that's a great segue into our next guest. Right now, we're gonna push it over to our interview that we had with uh, Police Constable Monica Rutledge who is in charge of the Aboriginal and Peacekeeping Unit with the Toronto Police Service. Mm -hmm. A little bit of history, straight up. You know, I know Monica a little bit. We went to college together. We took law enforcement at Seneca College, and we worked at Canada's Wonderland in the security department together. So, you know, it's really good to come back and speak to people that you know and you kind of grew up with in the industry. Yeah. yeah. And the important things that she's doing, it kind of blew, blew my mind, and, and I think this is going to be another segment that we're going to have and we'll have Monica on as a you know a contributor like down the road because she has a lot to talk about and it's important stuff. Just the tip of the iceberg mm -hmm. was discussed in, mm -hmm. in her talk with us today and I think uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be great yeah. because I mean I've done some stuff with Monica but yeah. I, I, when she started talking to us after the recording I, She's I like realized, I'm not done. Yeah, I realized I got more to talk there's, about. there's yeah. a whole lot more going on. So mm -hmm. looking forward to it, looking forward to learning more yeah. about the Aboriginal community. Absolutely. And without uh, further ado, let's uh, listen to the interview that we had with Monica. So Martin, today we have a special guest with us. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. PC Police Constable. Monica, Monica Rutledge. Rutledge is with us. Monica, welcome to the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. So today's podcast, we're fo focusing, I can't even speak, but we're focusing still, right? We we're are focusing. focusing. So focus on my word. Right. So we're focusing on um, indigenous culture and everything that comes with it. So we are here because you work in what unit? The Aboriginal Peacekeeping Unit. Sweet. <laughs> right. Tell us about who you are, your background, and everything you want to talk about, uh, what you do in the history of your unit. Well, um, I'm Monica. I am Ojibwe from Lac Sewell. Okay. A little north in Ontario, a little north of Thunder Bay. Right. Um, AKA very far away from Toronto. Very far. Right. Very, when you talk about yeah. north, it's not Muskoka, it's north. Maybe <laughs> not as north as uh, Nunavut, but it's cold. Cold, cold water, cold air, cold everything up that way. Yeah. So um, I am part of the 60s scoop, so I haven't been back in that area, Red Lake, mm -hmm. like Sewell area, uh, since I was four. Wow. So I've been raised, adopted out to Toronto to non-Indigenous parents. Okay. Um, so it's the 60s scoop, so that is, I guess, another maybe discussion we can have later on, because that that's another teaching yeah. component. But, oh, yeah, um, definitely deep, deep Canadian yes. history there. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, I was adopted out uh, to, as I said, a non-Indigenous family. Uh, my father um, is now is a retired uh, service member from then the Metropolitan Toronto Police Force. Okay. So hence why I got involved with policing. Right. Wow. Um, and you went to what college? Seneca. Right, because we went to school together. I don't know if well, you remember. Well, so, yes. Um, we did go to Seneca. And you did work at Canada's Wonderland. Yes, I did. And guess where we worked together? Canada's Wonderland. So there is a little bit of a connection there. You well, you know, know what? Well, no, I didn't know that, but you, you know, know what? Okay. I'm going to one-up you. 
I work with Monica currently out of the same community office. Right. Monica has worked with me on uh, several different occasions uh, where mm. I've been, I've had the honor of doing presentations uh, within the indigenous community here in Toronto. Awesome. So Monica, yeah. tell us a little bit about the history of the unit with the Toronto Police and you know, get into kind of what you do and what your roles and responsibilities are. Well, as I had mentioned, my father, now retired from the service, he introduced me to this office because mm -hmm. he too was learning about the First Nations culture. Right. He didn't want to hold that against against his kids because he adopted all three of us. It was myself and my two brothers. Right. So he introduced me to the officer that was running this office, okay. uh, the late Sergeant Bob Crawford. Okay. Um, okay. And this office was then, it, was, it still is, situated on the main level or the main ground floor at headquarters. I volunteered here in my high school as well as in my college years back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. So the Aboriginal Peacekeeping Unit is the first such distinct unit to be implemented within a police service wow. mm -hmm. to specifically work with and build trusting relationships with the Indigenous community of Toronto mm -hmm. and that of the Toronto Police Service. Right. That's crazy. So that's the primary objective. This office, so it was with the. So, so wait a minute, is it out of out of Toronto or Ontario? Toronto. Where there, there was none back okay. in the day. So we're looking hmm. back at 1989, when our the late Chief William or Bill McCormick. Wow. Uh, so it was Sergeant Bob Crawford who had can't come up with this idea, and spoke to Chief then, mm -hmm. uh, Bill McCormick, and it was the late Chief Bill McCormick that had. Uh, made this happen, made it official. Mm -hmm. So that was brought forth in 89 and was officially established in 1992. Hmm. Fast forward 28 years later, we're, we still have an office, which is one of the, I would have to say, one of one of the best calls to action, I would say, when we're talking about building relationships with the Indigenous uh, community here in Toronto, is having this unit stay. Right. And, and, yeah. and still being here and still being uh, and doing the job functions that uh, was done then and still now. And that consists of as continuing building rapport, building relationships, trusting relationships right. through many activities right, right. Uh, within the service and also with community assisting the service as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it is a community, you know, engagement style of policing, right? So, I mean, that's awesome. How long have you been in the uniform? Four years. I was in this office uh, back in 2003 with Kim Turner back then for right. a year and a bit. And now you're running it. Now I'm running it. Excellent. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Excellent. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you and, and ask you questions, have you as a mentor, how would they reach out to you to say, hey, listen, I'm from the Indigenous community, I want to become a police officer, or I want the Toronto Police to come into my community to talk about you know, what you do or anything like that, how could they get a hold of you? I think nowadays, thank goodness for social media and uh, the internet, that many people have Googled uh, Toronto Police Service and mm -hmm. done their cert research um, with regards to this office and um, receiving emails from various students from Humber uh, to Centennial College to other individuals who are interested in, in becoming a police officer, mm -hmm. um, as well as community members, because there's also word of mouth. The important key point I want to make is that what, how this office operates is that we are grassroots. Mm -hmm. We primarily don't come in uniform, mm -hmm. because if you know your, uh, the history with policing and our First Nations, our Indigenous communities, 
The uniform is an, is an instant barrier. It's a wall. So we got to break down those barriers and build that trust. So Absolutely. nine times out of ten, I'm out in the community um, in casual attire, um, building trust with the staff, and then slowly moving inwards with their clients and such. So it's word of mouth. Building that trust has taken over has taken many years to build that trust within community, mm-hmm. so that uh, the word of mouth can. Um, it's like the moccasin trail. Like, uh, you know, you, did you hear about the Aboriginal peacekeeping unit? And then it just follows through. Right. And it's consistent. Okay. Now you did you mentioned moccasin trail that, that I, I'm not sure what oh, that oops. that is, but uh, it's probably another lesson and another moccasin uh, telegraph within our community that you know building that those connections. Okay. It's like okay. communications. Okay. Right. I get it now. You know, like yeah. gossip or like an example yes. for gossiping yeah. and so forth, where the moccasin telegraph, so to speak, word on the ground. Right. It's like right. we're walking. Mm-hmm. So I walk to, like I can walk to various agencies from headquarters and uh, build those relationships by doing my outreach. Right. That's right. So right. I'm walking. I'm not driving. I'm going to the people. Right. And that's right. how we maintain that communication, that trust, that partnership. And if we even want to start consulting with the Indigenous community. It's not by, by the phone. It should be in person. And we've done sure. that. I, I, right? I remember just, uh, just around the corner, and mm-hmm. I believe it was Elm that, uh, that I was able to, again, honored to do a presentation to a group of uh, uh, ladies yeah. um, you actually work with. Outside of speaking to the Indigenous community about policing, do you also provide Indigenous education to organizations? Mm-hmm. Or is that something that you you defer to other agencies within the the Toronto Indigenous community? To other organizations, well, within the service. Yeah, so much like how we, I, I suppose you would speak to officers in the service and mm-hmm. in, in, in talking about um, issues within the Indigenous community and bridging the gap. Do you do you provide this to if someone say from a bank uh, or another institution wanted to? get some information does no not this. Work that way not that way i haven't been asked by any other outside organization i find that uh for me to actually do presentations i'm more comfortable at speaking with colleges especially those that are have the uh, uh the policing mm-hmm. uh justice programs because i can tie that in with the community policing and building those connections and building that trust and i keep saying that trust because there is, um, there is a serious lack of trust within our mm-hmm. justice system and policing. Mm-hmm. I find that I'm better speaking at and engaging with those organizations at colleges, college levels, as well as within our own organization and other police services that I've actually Excellent. had the opportunity mm-hmm. to speak at. Excellent. Well, that's, it's, yeah. it's really good yeah. to know that. Well, it's right? much like Crime Stoppers, right? Yeah. I mean, people yeah. don't believe in Crime Stoppers. There's a lack of trust. So, you know, there's a, we do something similar just on a, I guess, greater community level that you're doing in the Indigenous community. I think it's really important. Right. Really, right. really important. And now, so if a, if a um, Seneca College or a Humber needed you to attend and speak to some people in, you know, their policing program, yep. um, how would they reach you? Uh, they can definitely give me a call at 416-808-7046. Or they can email me at monica.rutledge at torontopolice.on.ca. Or you can find me on the web at the Toronto Police Service uh, website. Awesome. Listen, Monica, you're doing some great work. Thank Thank you you. so much for coming on to the podcast. And I I think, 
you know, what I learned just now is that we're going to have to have you on down the road for teachings so mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, we can yeah. keep educating not only ourselves, but keep educating the community on what yeah. you're doing and, and what the Aboriginal uh, and Indigenous community has going on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for having me. So Martin, again, you know, obviously this is going to be an excellent uh, segment. It's going to be a learning mechanism mm-hmm. um, for the community yep. on what Monica is doing and what the Toronto Police Service is doing with the Indigenous community and then what the Indigenous community is all about, right? Yes. And, and some of the culture and history they have there. So yes. yeah. uh, I think we had a home run here with uh, what Monica's yeah, doing. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be good. So as we conclude, I'd like to remind everyone that community safety is a shared responsibility. See it, say it, stop it. Remember, you remain anonymous, criminals don't. For more information, please visit us at 222tips.com and follow us on social media. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay connected and join the conversation. Please share our podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, please email us at crimestopperspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, be safe. Be well. Stay safe.